Like, I am so excited that fall is here, and I'm not ready to see these summer warm days go. You can feel the crispness in the air, and I'm learning to watch Barometer Mountain, watch the, the green turn to brown, and I'm thinking, okay, that's pretty neat that that happens. I, I don't know about you, but I spent some time outdoors this last week, and, and I got away alone because I had to. It was like, God, I need to go pray, and I need to hear from you. Um, so I spent some time out. We spend a lot of time these days out at the fairgrounds. So we keep hearing this waterfall in the backdrop, and it's, and it's hidden in the trees right now, right? So you hear this, this roaring of a, it, feel, it sounds like a roaring of a waterfall. And I thought, I'm going to go find this waterfall. And so I had, to, I had to carve my way through some brush. It's really thick, and it took me a lot longer than I thought. But eventually I got to this creek, just running river, and I thought I'd sat down beside that creek and just started praying. And just praying, like, God, like, I know you know what's going on, right? He is outside of time. Like, he is omnipresent. Like, he is in our past, our present, and our future all at the same time. And my brain is not big enough or smart enough to understand that. But, like, again, it just reminded me that nothing has surprised him about this season that we're in. Like, nothing is surprising him about where we're going what he had for us, what he has for us today, and what he has for us tomorrow. I was actually tired from, from the, I, you know, who's been to kids camp in a while? Student camp or kids camp? I'm 45 years old, so, and I didn't even do a whole lot, so I'm not even claimed to have done a whole lot. But I came back ex exhausted. I think sleeping on anything that's not my bed these days is, is an interesting thing. So I'm praying, and I'm just like, God, I, I just want to hear from you. Like, I wish that you could just make yourself very real for us right now. Just so real that I could, that I could reach out and grab you and tell me that it's going to be okay. Like, tell me that it's all going to be okay, what's going on in our country. I had a friend of mine who I'd met on the mount, one of our mountain trips. So if you guys haven't been on a mountain trip yet with all the men, it's my favorite thing to do. Go camp in the mountains for six days. And I had a guy call me right at that time, and he said, he said, you know, Brian sat down with all of us, and he said, guys, because they're in the middle of Austin, Texas. Texas is, is in a mass of just upheaval for many reasons. And he said, guys, we can, we can get bitter, right? We can stay bitter, or we can get better. And we can choose to trust God in this. And I thought, you know, that is so cool. Like all the, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I feel like it's 100%. Everybody that I've talked to in the last Three months, six months, every single person is going through a massive personal trial. And I'm not exaggerating right now. Massive personal trials. And they're all so different and so unique to, to each person. Like it is bizarre how specific these trials are. I believe God is allowing that for a reason at this time. Like I do believe he's allowing that for a reason to say, like I want your attention. I want all of you. Like, I really do want all of you. And then when you give me all of yourself, I promise I'm going to be stepping, I'm going to be step walking with you through this. I'm going to be walking with you through this. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be, it doesn't mean that it's going to be trial free because those are still going to happen, right? We're going to talk about it today. Just God used a friend and an answer to prayer to call and say, you have a decision to make. Like, you have a decision to make to focus on me or focus on others. And I, so I wanted to start a series talking about we can have better days. And we're going to talk about today how to do that. 
So turn with me in 1 Peter. That's where we're going to be. I don't know if you know Peter or not, but Peter is one of these bold, I'm going to do life my way, and I'm going to be right, and I'm going to be wrong. And what's cool about following Peter's life, he, I like Peter because he's just who he is. He's, he's fully human, but he, he meets the God of the universe. And eventually he submits to him and says, all right, like I'm, I'm all yours, I'm all in. Peter's like an all-in guy. He is an all-in guy. So I thought, okay, we'll spend time in 1 Peter 1, and I'll start in verse 3. As you guys are turning to that in your digital Bibles or your real Bibles, let me just say we are all longing for better days. Like, I'm convinced of that. We are all longing for better days, whether it's politically in our country, whether it's in our home, in our marriages. Like, I mean, I, I am seeing the test like I've never seen before. We are all longing for better days. Some people are just bored out of their minds right now, like bored out of their minds because of being locked away in fear from this COVID, like shut off from people, isolated. They're hurting. They're lonely. And I just, I'm convinced that we're all longing for things to get better, all longing for better days. But here's what I often find, even in my own life, even in sitting by that waterfall just this last week, Hope often starts in the wilderness. Hope often like gets our attention and like will pry our heart open when we're sitting in the middle of a desert and need a drink of water. Like hope often creeps in when our marriages are at their worst, when we're at our worst. And we're at the like here's what I like to say. Who who has reached it where they get to the end of themselves? Or they're like, I am done with myself. Usually it's I'm done with that other person. Like, that's normally the first step. You're like, done with that person. But eventually it gets to, okay, I'm done with myself too. I think hope starts right there. Because we don't even know that we need hope. We don't even want hope typically until when? Until, like, we, we don't have any other answers. And, like, we start to say, we start to say prayers like this. God, like, I need you. Like, I need hope again. I need peace again. Hope starts in the wilderness. If you think about the phrase, can't see the forest for the trees, and if that's ever been real for you, like you can't see the, for the beauty of the forest because you're so focused on this tree. Like you're in the wilderness. And I believe everybody in our country, honestly, I believe we're there right now. And it's hard not to be with, with things scrolling on social media, with things in the news. I think we're so focused on the trees, we can't see the beauty of the forest. I believe that's when we need hope. So 1 Peter 1.3, we'll start here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's giving birth to a living hope. And into an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, or never fade. He's giving a hint into eternity right now. The inheritance is kept in heaven for you, whose through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus is like firmly seated on the right hand of God in heaven. Like he died on the cross, he rose again in his heavenly body who Pe that Peter got to see. So Peter, if he wasn't all in, he was all in when he saw Christ in his resurrected body. 
Like he got to see this. He got to touch him. And then Christ went to heaven and he left his what with us. Those of us that are followers of Christ, he left the Holy Spirit with us. I'll keep going. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Let me read this again. I shared this with a friend this week, and I believe every single one of us is here or has been here just recently, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you greatly rejoice. That's encouragement for us. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He continues, trials, or he says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He's, Peter's trying to say, like, you're going to go through trials and testing. Like, he's, he's talking to both the Jewish people who, who are waiting for a coming Messiah, those that accepted Christ, and he's also talking to the Gentiles. He's talking to two people at once here. And he's talking about the trials and the persecution that are happening and that are coming because of their faith. He's basically saying, hey, hang in there. Hang in there. And here's what's cool. And I don't know if you've ever realized this. There actually is a purpose for trials. There actually is a purpose for that pain and that testing. Like God just didn't allow those things to happen in our lives, right? Like what our country is going through right now. Like what each city is having to choose. I believe each city is having to choose who you serve. Like I believe, I believe as God is giving us a hint in this country, and I'm not, I'm not pretending to be a prophet, but he's saying, guys, the Romans fell, right? The Babylonians fell. And it was at a point where they reached immorality, and they said, God, we're going to do things our way. Like they said, we're going to surrender to our own what we define our own happiness and what we want. And ultimately, their civilization completely fell. And I believe our country is at a point where he's saying, you, you're going to have to decide. And matter of fact, like before our country is going to decide who, who this day will serve, I believe, this is what, I, this is what I've been impressed upon me, I'm going to see what my, what my people are going to do. I'm going to see what the men and women who say they believe in me are going to do in this time. I'm translating what I'm seeing, all of the very personal trials that I've been praying with you about, that I've been walking with you through. I believe we're, we're allowing a testing right now and a trial of our faith to say, choose this day who you will serve. Will my people even stand up and say, God, I trust you? It's so important. So verse 10, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances which the Spirit of Christ in them, talking about us, was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It would be revealed to them that, that they were not serving themselves but you. 
when they spoke of the things that have now been told by those who have been preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even the angels long to look into these things. Like, I think here's the first test. Like, literally, and it's like so, it is so hard, but it's so easy. I believe when we go through these trials, like, here's where we're supposed to start. We're supposed to start with praise. Like, we're supposed to start with praise. And I don't know about you, that's not my first instinct, right? Like, when I'm going through the fire, and like, everything in my life is out of my control, and it's obvious, and like, my first instinct is to not praise. My first instinct is to say, I, I, wanna, I want this to be right. I want it to be, especially me, right? You guys know that about me. Like, I'm going to step right into it and try to correct the problem, like, immediately. My, hum, my human flesh, like, I want to talk it out. I want to duke it out. Like, I, wanna get, I, wanna, I want us to own what's wrong, even me sometimes. I'll do it, I'll do it quickly, but I'm pretty intense. And I, if you're more like other people in my household, it's like, no, we don't need to talk about that today. Let's not talk about that today. Like, we'll, we'll get to that. Like, my first instinct, my point is, my first instinct is not to rejoice, right? It's so counterintuitive. But here's, here's the question, and it's the same thing that God impressed upon me at that waterfall this last week. He said, your focus, your focus is going to determine your ability to rejoice in this. Like if you're focused, if my focus is going to stay on this problem that's overwhelming me, if my focus is going to stay on this thing that's causing me like level 10 stress and anxiety, which, which anxiety is real, like I'm one of those people that have it. So if, you're, if you live that life, like I get it. Like we can talk about it sometime. But your focus is going to determine your joy and your hope. Even as Peter is, has encountered Christ, his faith is like emboldened. Like he's been left on this earth to, to just proclaim the gospel and share the good news and say, guys, like trials are coming. They're real. I want you to like say, God, I trust you. I'm not going to focus on this thing that I feel like is ruining my life. <laughs> Who's ever felt that way? I mean, it's easy. So I'll say for, for those of you in the corporate world or in the Coast Guard or just in the, in the workplace or even our fishermen, sometimes it's, it's easy to look at maybe a demotion or a change or a bad fishing season or like empty nets. Sometimes it's easy to look at those things and say, like, this is it. This is going to cause more problems or this is going to derail all of my plans. This thing is not going the way I wanted it to go. And I think God, God's saying, who again, remember, omnipresent. He's in our past, in our present and in our future all at the same time because he's not bound by time like us he's saying i know and i knew and i know this day i knew this day was coming but i'm going to use it i'm going to use this trial if you'll let me i'm going to use it for your good because there's something bigger going on i like to think about it this way what if CNN or Fox News or in, name your news outlet, whoever it is, what if they showed up on our church steps or in our city this week and said, if you had any encouragement to give for our country or any advice to give for our country, because I believe Kodiak's protected for a reason, what would you say? Like, what would you say? I know some of you would want to, like, thumb your nose and... And ready to go take some people out, right? Whichever side you're on. 
Some of you would say, I've been praying for this. I've been praying for, the, for our people. I've been praying for our country. Some of you are like me. I'm waiting for the, like, the sky to, to open up and for the white horse to come, like, part, you know, for Christ to come in. Like, I'm waiting. I'm just like, I'm convinced we're somewhere in the last days. I'm not going to preach the end times today. And I'm not going to share with you my Facebook inbox with all my pastor friends that are like telling me we're in the end times, we're in the end times, we're in the revelation. I'm like, ah, no one knows that. Like, no one knows that. Your focus determines your joy and your hope is the point. This is, this is the test, though. How quickly, how quickly in the middle of that trial or in the middle of your day or is it first thing in the morning do you say, God, I trust you? Like in... The reason why I'm asking is how quickly, because eventually I believe we get there. As followers of, followers of Christ, I believe we finally get to the, okay, I trust you. As we mature in our faith, as I've gone from Jesus is the Lord of my life to God, I trust you with my family. I trust you with my career. I trust you with my kids. Like, I trust you with my future. I trust you with our church. I believe that our maturity says how quickly on a daily basis do I get to the point to say, all right, I trust you with this. This too, I trust you with. Start with praise. So Deuteronomy 8.2 is a good reminder. It's talking about Moses and the people of God, the Israelites that were heading to a new season. Um, but they were stuck in a wilderness moment. So let me read this. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order that you would know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands or not. So who wants to stay in this COVID, like, lockdown, social distance thing for 40 years? Who's with me? Who wants to do this thing for 40 years? That's what, that's what was happening with these people. They were literally in... And it's not bad for us. Like, it's not, it's not really that bad for us. I believe mentally, even if you're like me, it runs in my family. I think mentally, I think we've all been tested. Emotionally, we've been tested. Now more than ever, our community needs our encouragement. Now more than ever, our community needs us to love one another. Now more than ever, our community needs us to show up at each other's doors and knock on the front door. Or buy each other... I wish I could say Taco Bell right now on the drive-thru, but I can't. Buy each other McDonald's or Subway or... Now more than ever, I think our community needs us to just say, you're awesome, you are loved, you are valuable. And it doesn't matter what side you're on politically. It doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter. Now more than ever, I believe we need to be seeking each other out. And guys, we, we all have free will and we all have a choice. And let me just say this, that other person has to respond. And I, I feel for those in our community who don't have God and don't know God. I can't imagine what it would be like to walk through this last seven months without a faith. Like, I can't imagine and I'm, I'm emotional right now because I'm here, I get to hear, you, it's been like a river of stories and prayer requests and feedback the last seven months. There, there are people in our community that are hurting like times 10.
and I'm a little bit, I'm a, it's a little bit fresh for me, but just know that your encouragement, that each of our encouragement makes all the difference in the world because in trials, as we're talking about this morning, we can cling to a God. Like we can cling to Jesus Christ. What happens when you don't have that faith? I'm convinced God is going to lead them to cling to you. And it's going to feel overbearing. But, but they need us to stand firm, to be loving, to be full of hope, to say, even though you don't believe in God, that's okay. My faith doesn't require you to. <laughs> like there is a hope and there, there are better days. Let me keep going. So Benjamin Diracelli says it this way, life is too short to be little. So let us not major in the minors. In this season of change, and we're talking about our schools just recently, just this morning, in this season of change, even in our own church, in this season of change in our lives, even in us spending way more time than we need to spend with our, with our spouses and kids, amen? Like, we're spending so much time with our spouses and kids. Like, there's been more fights in the last seven months. And it's, it's, it's not awesome. It's funny. It's, it's not even funny. So, sorry, forgive me. It's interesting. We're messy people. Like, here's my encouragement, though. If you find yourself, if I find myself majoring in the minors, focusing on the small stuff, and letting that just get me to a bitter place in life where, where I'm what? Where I'm living without hope? Just let that be an a, a indicator on your, on your car dashboard that says, hey, you, you might need to go spend some time with God. Or call a brother and sister that loves Jesus to say, would you encourage me and hold me accountable in this? Let, let's not focus on the minors. Let's focus on the majors. Let's focus on what is good and true and right and lovely. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it's one of my favorites. It actually helps with this starting with praise. It says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who will belong to Jesus Christ. Be thankful in all circumstances. And I'm not trying to be overly spiritual like, puffed up just I'm always happy because it's not true but I can be thankful in all I mean I can choose that I can be thankful in every circumstance when we lose people in this life too soon if they know Christ I'm thankful they're in heaven here's the other cool thing I'm thankful heaven doesn't run by the same time clock that ours does I'm hoping when I arrive in heaven I get to see my loved ones that I've missed for all these years. And, I hope, and I, my hope is that they'll say, hey, I just got here. Where have you been? Like, I'm, I'm thankful that they're in a place of complete joy and love, something that we just get glimpses on here on this earth. Just be thankful. 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. Let's jump back in there. Verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into a, and this is for you, into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. It's eternal. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. He's talking about 
the moment we get to step into heaven. Like at that moment, I think we'll get a sense of what this life was all about. Like all the tests, all the trials, all the good, all the bad. And what's cool is we finally, for the first time, get to experience this is what eternity is like. This is what I've been looking forward to. Or if you're praying for somebody that's going through a trial and maybe they don't have the faith that you have, this is what I'm hoping for for this loved one, this friend, this neighbor. Let me continue. 1 Peter 1, 6-7. In all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven of the genuineness of your faith is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Let me just encourage you this. Stand firm in praise. Stand firm in the praise. Even through trials. And especially in a trial. Just recognize like if, when you're in a tough spot and there's no way out and you can't fix it on your own, it's usually when something's completely out of your control and you can't fix it, you're in a trial. It's way different than a consequence, by the way. Who knows? Who's, so a consequence is something that you deserve. <laughs> it's something that you did. So, like, have you ever bombed, like, the, you know, the algebra test in school and, and you're like, well, like, I prayed. Like, I prayed God help me with this test, right? It's like, well, prayer was nice, but it's probably because you didn't study. Or like me, you couldn't get your head around it at that time. That, that's a consequence. A trial is completely different. It has nothing to do with what you did or what you didn't do. Trials are just there to grow you, to get your attention. So stand firm in the praise. Even through trials, the trial is revealing your worth. The trial is revealing your worth. And let me just say this, your worth is way more than gold. Each person in here, each man and woman, our kids, our sons and daughters, I, I can't, we can't say this enough, and this is something that I want you to pass out to the community this week, to your neighbors. Like, you are so more valuable than you know. Like, you just, you are. And even if your days are dark right now, like, I promise there's a better day. There's a better day coming. Even if our days are dark for the next 40 years, guys, like, I hope I'm not preaching the same sermon for the next 40 years. Like, I hope it gets lighter. But even if we're in the wilderness for 40 years, there is a better day coming. And I'm not teaching doom and gloom. I'm just trying to say that in the end, if and when we get to the end times, it gets harder. It gets a thousand times harder. And God is looking for us. Peter is trying to tell us, like, you guys are the ones that are going to be the beacons of light and hope in our community. That's what our job is. Our worth is more than gold. The question is, do your neighbors know it? Like, do your friends know it? How much you love them? Like, how much you appreciate them? Like, when they look at you, when they look at your life, like, do they see somebody that's happy and joyful and loving and generous and kind? Do they see someone that's real? You don't have to be fake about this Christian life. Like, there's nothing good about faking the Christian life. Like, I, I promise you, it's way better to say, like, here's where I am. But here's what I believe. 
And I believe it's going to get better. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9 says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and you are filled with inexpressible joy and glorious joy, it says, for you are receiving the end of your faith and the salvation of your souls. So Myra has this um, picture in our house, and it's actually a scripture. And so it says this, it says, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we have hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. And it's, it's basically saying, like, we can have confidence even in the stuff that we don't see and have a hope that Christ is coming back. We can have a confidence and a hope that there are better days just ahead. And some of us are having great days right now, and I, like, praise God for that. Like, not everybody's going through a trial right now. But I guarantee you, your neighbor next door might be. Like, I guarantee you, that person walking down the street might be. And I just want to say, I just want to encourage you, like, open up your door. Knock on a neighbor's door. If you see somebody on the street, don't just assume they're doing okay. Like, stop and say, hey, how's it going? Like, how are you doing? You know, even ask, hey, are you heading to work? Are you heading, like, start up a conversation. Like, be weird. It's like, it's like okay to be weird sometimes. Like, I live weird every day, by the way. So if you see me at Safeway, I'm going to be a little weird. Like, it's just weird. I, like, I, my kids tell me it's awkward. That's fine. I've, I've, I'm, I'm used to that. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Faith is believing and hoping even, even though we don't see. I was telling Steve Sharon the other day we were working out. I said this, this life of faith would be so much easier sometimes if God would just show up and make himself real. Like literally, where I can touch him, where I can see him. And then, and then he reminds me, Larry, I did. Like when I sent Christ to the earth, they didn't even believe it then. Like half of the people didn't even believe it then. And I was there, and I was real, and thousands of people saw him. And I died for you. And now it's your job, even though you haven't seen him. Peter's trying to tell us, even though you didn't walk with him, even though you didn't get to see the nail holes in his hand, like I'm telling you, he's real, and he walked, and he's worth putting your life in. That's what we have hope in. Guys, our main job is to give hope. That's it. Our main job is to stand confident. I have a friend of mine, he's got this ministry, he travels all over the U.S., and I love it. It's kind of funny because, what's well, kind of not funny in some ways, but he, his most popular t-shirt and saying in this ministry is called Hope Dealer. And he says, I'm a hope dealer. And so all these thousands of students across the United States are wearing these t-shirts called Hope Dealers. And I, and I think, how ironic is that? Like, that's the thing that's taking off ministry-wise in our country while we're praying against other types of dealers in our community. But instead of just praying against what we don't want, like, am I ready to hold the flag up high about what I do want? I want to challenge you guys to say each of us has an opportunity to be a hope dealer on the streets of Kodiak. And when people see you, are they going to say, that person's weird? Like, they're always encouraging even though days are dark. That's okay. Or that person's weird. They're always buying my meal at, at Subway and telling me that God loves me. 
or what I'm going to be challenging our church with, that person's weird because they've been inviting me to my house for a Bible study and some food. Guys, I want, I, my goal in this whole message today, when I feel like God impressed upon my heart, is we have enough bitter people walking around in our country right now. And it's okay to be bitter for a moment, like I've, I got there this week. I think he's saying, guys, I want you to show that you're better and that I'm better and that my way of life is better because we love God and we believe that there is a finish line. I believe our community needs a bunch of hope dealers right now. And no, we won't be wearing t-shirts that say hope dealers. I mean, unless, of course, you want one. We'll figure that out. I believe they need us now more than ever to, to do that on the streets, in the restaurants, in our homes. Like, open up our homes and invite strangers. Like, even last weekend, we, when we opened up Camp Woody, we kind of did it backwards um, and not on purpose. It's just how it happened. Usually we invite our church and say, hey, come celebrate with your family on Camp Woody. Like it's, it's church and then community. Last week, we posted it to the community first. And the community filled up Camp Woody. And then I, ha I had to like warn all of our church and say, hey, if you want to come, you got to sign up because it's, we're 90% full. What was cool is, is that's what God wanted. You know? It's kind of like that, that celebration, right? You open up the house to all your friends and none of your friends can show up to have a, have a meal. And what, is, what does God tell us to do? Well, go, go get the strangers. I'm thankful that that's what happened last weekend. And I think it's a hint on what God might have for us in this next season. I think he's wanting us now more than ever because people need him and people need the hope that he has we're in a spiritual battle for all you men in the room. I'm talking to the guys right now. We are in a spiritual battle. Our country desperately needs to see real men who love Jesus, who are willing to say that I'm walking the walk, I'm in the fight, I'm going to share the gospel. Same thing for all of our ladies. We're in a spiritual battle now more than ever. Our country needs to see women of faith step up and say, I have hope. It's because of Christ. It doesn't mean that my life's perfect. Love you guys. My hope is off the charts right now. Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful that better days are here. We don't have to wait for better days. Your scripture, your word is just telling us to get our eyes off of our circumstance and the focus on what you're doing. I'm so thankful that you allow trials to refine us, even in the fire, to remind us of our worth, that your son died for us, and to keep you number one in priority. Father, I pray that every man and woman, every young man and child and young woman in this room, if they've never done it before, to say, God, I'm, your, I'm all in like you're first in my life. I need better days. Give me your hope and your peace through Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for being with us. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.